Good morning. Welcome to Crossroads. Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us here in person. And those of you online, would you please stand and worship with us this morning? I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over. Signs and wonders. 
God, we praise your name because of the truth that we were just singing. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your power and your might. Lord, we lift your name here in this place because we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's because of him that we pray this. And everybody said,
you thankful to be here today? Let's thank our God again. What a great God we serve. What a great God we serve. You may be seated, please, as we continue. Today, I just want to uh, remind you about our birthday gift to Jesus offering that's coming up here. And we're asking everyone in our church to pray about your part. So I want to ask you, uh, seeing as we're not handing out bulletins, you have to pick them up on your way in, okay? They're in a, on the little table there as you come in the door. I want to encourage everyone to take one of these, the, uh, the birthday gift to Jesus list, and begin to pray about your part. And just look over this list. There are $90,000 worth of projects. We're asking everybody in our church to give more to Jesus than to anybody else. And when you do that, you're really making this Christmas about Jesus, and you're putting him at the top. So I still give gifts. I give gifts to my family. We have lots of festivities, but I make Jesus number one because it's his birthday. Thus, we call it the birthday gift to Jesus. And so we have uh, projects from all around the world. I've been in, t- in touch with many of these people, and we're going to hear from many of them through the weeks to come. So every week, we're going to have like a missionary minute, if you will, just to get you caught up on what's happening around the globe. And our first one today is going to be from the Bergs. This is Jeff and Arlene Berg. They happen to have been attending our church for the last year here, and we have supported them for nearly 30 years, I believe it is. So would you welcome Jeff and Arlene Berg as they come and share. They're with the Friends of Israel Ministry, and they minister right here in Pittsburgh. Thank you. Good to be with you this morning. I'll thank you so much for your giving, for your love, for everything during the past 30 years. It was Pastor Arnold that really got us on the birthday gift for Jesus. And, oh, we just love coming here. We're members now and just love it. But we thank you for your love for people and even Jewish people. And we minister with Friends of Israel, gospel ministry. They have missionaries all over the world. Our main aim is to build relationships with Jewish people in order to share what else? The gospel. They need him like we do, sometimes even more. And we've had a, a ministry to Jewish nursing home, other facilities where Jewish people have come to know him. Nobody knows it. And we've been in Squirrel Hill. We've made um, friends with other uh, Jewish people through the communities. And because of that, we share the gospel with them. But many have been saved. And we don't know who all it is, but God knows. But thank you so much for your part all through the years. Thank you. One other aspect of the ministry, and I didn't think of it in the first service, but we've also done several Honor Israel nights, and we look forward after COVID ends to be able to do it once more. But bringing people from the community together along with Christians and hearing good, positive, dynamic speakers that speak about... our love and standing for Israel and also teaching them about the Messiah. And these Honor Israel Nights are outstanding and they just cannot get over why do you love us so much? And then we give them the opportunity to be able to share. Uh, We'd like for you also to be able to come to our display table and the Friends of Israel puts out a wonderful magazine called Israel My Glory. comes out uh, about every two months. This particular issue is they shall call his name Emmanuel. It's, of course, the Christmas issue. But uh, just very, very well-written things. And uh, we also have a, a copy of a wonderful article that was written in the Pittsburgh Jewish Chronicle about the ambulance. And uh, the, 
the writer from the Jewish Chronicle interviewed us, and he also interviewed Pastor Ken. And he was just astounded, uh, again, just by the church's love, our love for the, the nation. And uh, even Pastor Ken said, well, we're raising money through the birthday gift to Jesus. And uh, anyway, it's all in this article, and we were just stunned that we somebody sent us a link to this article, and it made the Jerusalem Post in Israel, which is really something. So Crossroads Ministries is uh, getting a name for itself in the, in the Jewish world. <laughs> Amen to that. And uh, again, feel free to pick one of these up to talk about the ambulance. But when you see this little video about the ambulance, think, too, of the urgency of lost souls, Jewish and Gentile alike. And we're living in a very, very needy world. And we just need to reach them. We need to be continue to be the light. So, oh, and on the door of the ambulance, uh, Every ambulance that's dedicated mentions where it came from. And wouldn't it be something, when that ambulance goes out on its route, wouldn't it be something if it was in the Galilee or something and seeing Crossroads Ministries on the door of that ambulance doing the rescue, but thinking of souls too. Uh, so you'll, I think you'll enjoy the video. Thank you. We thank God for that video. So the so that think about think about what you just saw as the as the Israeli Red Cross. 
Um, that's what they're doing. And so they're, they're impacting people's lives like you can't believe. And so just know that we are supporting Jeff and Arlene on the birthday gift of Jesus as well as the Israel Ambulance Fund. And so please grab that, um, that red uh, birthday gift of Jesus list as you leave and just begin praying over how, how, how you can give uh, and make Jesus the top of your priority. Um, and so just, just know that um, they're doing amazing work. We thank God for Jeff and Arlene as they head out. We love you guys. So a few things I want to make sure that uh, you guys are aware of. One is that we have our Operation Christmas Child box pickup this week. I feel like we just talked about it last week, and November felt like it was a long ways away, and here we are, and it's happening this week. And so please bring in your already packed boxes this week, and then it will be packed into a, a truck and taken on to the next level of its journey, and then eventually, ultimately, will make it to a child's hand. So just know that your gift is going to impact lives. And so you can still grab a box, pack it, and bring it in. Um, and I also want to let you know that in the gym today, between four, uh, from 4 to 6, uh, there's going to be a pa- Operation Christmas Child Packing Party. So it's going to be in the gym today from 4 to 6. So make sure you, you jump in on that. It's going to be a really, really good time. But, yeah, bring your box back this week, the 16th through the 23rd, this whole week. Uh, normal office hours, 9 to 5, will be here. Um, also, the light of the world. So this is an opportunity we have this coming Christmas uh, season, the 11th and 12th of December. What we're going to do is we're going to put lights all over our parking lot. And so what we want to do is we want to have about four, four or five church work days where everybody can just jump in and just decorate lights, even if you can come for an hour, uh, if you can come for more than that, or if you're like, hey, I can't, um, you know, I can't be there, but I could donate. Would you talk to Beth DePietro? She would love to talk about how you can play a role at this upcoming, uh, just opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, Pastor Ken's been talking about in the sermon, and I won't spoil it, but uh, he's been talking about how the, the lights up here on this hill really light up, especially when it's dark. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to give people in our community an opportunity to come up and see the lights and ultimately see the manger and the gym uh, that we're going to have. So that's going to be on the 11th and 12th. It's brand new, um, but Beth would love to talk to you about how you can serve, and we're going to lock arms as a church and serve our community. So talk to Beth DePietro today in the lobby, and uh, you'll see her. She's got the she's got the light-up bulbs on her head. Um, Beth, you got to wear those. Uh, but anyway, uh, they, they, so please check out um, Beth, and, and, uh, and, and she'd love to talk with you about the Light the World opportunity we have coming up. Thanksgiving Eve is on the 25th of November from at 7 o'clock. It's a night of worship, a night of, of song, a night of uh, testimony and communion. So join us uh, at 7 o'clock right here in the auditorium, and we're going to just give thanks. It's, it's one of my favorite things that we do here. And so it's just a night of gratitude and thanks for all that God has done. And so join us on the 25th of November. And then mops, ladies, uh, mothers of preschoolers, um, at the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 9 a.m. in the gym, there is a hot meal for you and just, uh, just community and just being fed by the word and just fellowship. And then there's stuff for your kids, too. Um, so please uh, talk to Rachel McElvenny, or you can stop by the Welcome Center, and they can connect you with her. Um, but this is a great opportunity for you ladies to uh, just get fed and to be with other ladies and to let your kids. You know, these kids, yeah, we can clap. I love that. Yeah. Um, but you're, just to let you know, ladies, that you, when you drop off your kids, like your kids aren't just being watched. They are being loved and cared for. Lori um, Wilson and her team do a phenomenal job loving on those kids. Um, and so, we, yeah, let's thank God for Lori Wilson and their team. Yeah. But this is the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 9 a.m. And, uh, in the gym. So please, ladies, uh, check that out. 
Um, I want to pull up this verse as we just, you know, think about giving. I know we're not passing a plate, and, and uh, listen, it's going to happen. We're going to get there. Um, but uh, we keep talking about giving, and I wonder, like, you know, as we're growing, you know, Ken has taught us, you know, for, for so long, and I learned this, you know, for those who are, are growing in the grace of giving, and I'm thinking about, okay, how do we grow? We, we read the word. And so Genesis 820 is our verse this morning uh, we, as we consider giving. It says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed his burnt offerings, the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. So this is right after the flood, and then Noah gets off the boat, you know, being like, okay, we're here, we're on dry land, and the first thing he does is he gives thanks. He builds an altar and gives thanks. And so as we give, whether you gave in the mail, you give online, or you give, you know, on the box on the wall, it's it's saying, like, God, thank you so much. It's giving thanks for all that God has done. And God is always showing up in our lives, always moving. And so as we give, let's give thanks and gratitude just like Noah did um, for all that God has done. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, what a what a blessing it is to be here, to be with your people, and, and God, whether we're online, we're here in the building, God, or, we're, or maybe we'll watch this later on, um, Lord, you, you are doing a work here in Pittsburgh, you are doing a work in our country, and Lord, uh, you're calling us to be your light, and so Lord, I'm thinking about Jeff and Arlene Berg, giving thanks for them, and all that you're doing in the Jewish community here in Pittsburgh and beyond, and, and Lord, just this ambulance um, fund that we get the, the privilege of being a part of. Lord, what a, what, a, what a privilege, what a gift. And so, Lord, um, just grow us as we give. Grow us as we hear about lives all over the world that are, are bringing the gospel, a message of hope to those that need it. Uh, this world is hurting, and, God, you're, you're sending out your messengers to, to bring hope, to bring Jesus. So, Lord, what a privilege it is to be here. Lord, move us, change us, make us more like your son, Jesus. In the powerful name of Christ. series the blessed life and today we're going to wrap up this series the blessed life we've gone through we've looked at the eight statements of jesus he says blessed are blessed are blessed are and this morning we're going to look at now the next step so like he went through and he drew the portrait he said that this is what a christ follower looks like and now he's given you the next step so i want you to read with me the next step matthew 5 13 he says read it aloud with me you are the salt of the earth But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He says this, and if you're taking notes this morning, if you picked up our notes in the foyer, you can follow along. The first thought here this morning, Jesus says here that you are the salt. Like he just jumps right into it. He's gone through these through through this portrait, and now he says, "You are the salt of the earth." So I want you to just fill that in on your paper there. You are the salt of the earth, and understand that this isn't something that you have to try to be. You are the salt. The very fact that you are a follower of Jesus Christ means that you are the salt. Now, whenever you think of salt, what comes to your mind? 
probably this picture right here, all right? Uh, you think of that salt shaker, right? And you think how easy it is and that, that salt is just uh, so, so common in our society. You can go pick up salt at the store. I think, you know, you can buy a, a couple pounds of it for a dollar probably, right? It's just amazing. Salt, and there's so many granules to it. But as you're thinking about this salt, I want you to be reminded that in the day that Jesus gave this term, salt was a commodity, They actually paid Roman soldiers partially in salt. As a matter of fact, the word salary, where we get the word salary at, and when you think, hey, I'm on salary, I'm not on hourly, I'm on salary, they were paid in salt. That word salary comes from this idea of being paid in salt. So I want you to think with me about that this morning. The, uh, you, you may have heard that term, he's not worth his salt, all right? Uh, that's where this all came from, because the Roman soldiers were paid for with salt. As a matter of fact, the word soldier even goes back to, uh, the Latin word that we get that from goes back to this concept of being uh, paid in salt. In other words, salt had value. And so the very first thing I want you to think about, when you're thinking about, what do you mean we are the salt? And, you know, the first thing that you think about is, is the table. But whenever you look at the Bible, what was it used in? What was the context that it was used in? Number one, it was used in to understand there's a value to it. And when you get this little bit of color of the passage, you understand that, wow, there was value to this. And so God is saying, you are the salt of this earth. You are valuable. You are valuable to this earth, not just the trees. He's not talking about the land and all that. He's talking about the people. The, the, this world, you have a value to this world. You have a value to God. We understand that. We talk about our value to God all the time. But he says, you are the salt of the world. This world has a value in you. And you don't even, they don't even know it. You don't understand it, but you are valuable to this world. And we're going to develop this here this morning and show you the value that you have to this world. Blessed life. We, uh, we have been blessed. And now God's taking it. And you know what? Many people think of the blessed life. When I throw out the term, the blessed life, you're thinking, oh, how can I be blessed? What's, going to, what's in it for me, basically? And Jesus now takes it and he says, all right, I've drawn the portrait for you. The blessed life is not about you. It's about how you're blessing others and how that you're impacting the world. And he says, you are the salt. This isn't something that you try to be. You are the salt of the earth. So as you go through and you look through the Bible, the Bible's telling a story, right? You go from Genesis all the way to Revelation. What is God teaching us here? Go in the Old Testament. Let's look at how salt was used. Let me give you a couple instances. First of all, it was used for a covenant. If you made an agreement, um, a covenant salt over in Leviticus 2.13, they would bring in salt and they would put it on the offerings that they would bring to God, on a grain offering. So when you're coming in to, uh, to with, with the Lord with a grain offering, Leviticus 2.13 said that you would have salt on it, covenant salt. So you should not let your grain offering come in without salt. In other words, there's a symbolism there, right? This is, this is powerful. Uh, in the Middle Eastern lands, an agreement was sealed with a gift of salt to show the strength and the permanence of the contract. So when, whenever you... you like, we don't think like that. I mean, when we think of salt, we just think of that salt shaker, right? You're thinking of, uh, of something minor. But this is a pretty powerful thing that God's telling you here. You are the salt of the earth. Uh, again, he says, listen, some of you have lost your flavor, but the salt is good. The salt is good. Uh, purifying, number two, it was for purifying. Uh, God says over in Exodus 30, verse 35, they would use salt to purify. And so it'd be on purification rituals. 
So we see this covenant, we see purifying. And then number three today, over in Job 6, 6, we see for seasoning. Job said this about his friend. Job, Job had lost everything. He had, his wife turned on him, his kids tied, I mean, uh, just everything. He, he had everything go bad. He lost everything that he had, lost all of his income. Everything was wiped out. And, uh, and here he is, he's before the Lord, and his friend comes to him and gives him advice. Now, have you ever had a friend come to you and give advice, the right advice at the wrong time? You know, it's like you're dying. You just you just feel like you, your arm got cut off and your friend says, well, you'll be all right. Just get over it. That's not like very good. And so Job over in Job 6, 6 says that Eliphaz's advice was like eating the tasteless white of an egg. You know what happens when you eat an egg? You got to have what on it? You got to put salt on it. It is good for seasoning. And I think that's how most of us think about salt. Um, so so we got to have salt. We've got to be seasoned. We can't be salty, but we must be salt. And so God says that you are the salt of this earth. Over in Mark chapter 9, verse 50, check this out. Mark 9, 50 says this. It says that um, salt is good. All right? Salt is good, but if it loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. He says, listen, salt is good. You are the salt of this world. Uh, you are the salt of the earth, but when it loses its flavor, it, it's no good anymore. Like, did you ever get some old salt that's nasty? Did you ever go to a restaurant and, and you pick up that salt shaker and you go to shake it and you're like... Right? You start shaking it and you try to get the salt out of that thing. How, how about, did you ever go to a restaurant and you see a bunch of rice in there? You know what I mean? It's kind of nasty. That's what happens. You, you, you look at this old salt, it's just kind of kind of nasty and it's clumped up and god himself says that listen salt is good but if it loses its flavor what are we going to do about this i'm um, over in matthew he said that man you become it's like like you just throw the salt away like this salt that once had great value becomes useless and so god's not saying that hey you're useless he's saying listen to the world you become useless to the world, you've lost your impact. To the world around you, you've lost the, the very purpose for which I created you for was to bring this world unto God. And so you were created for a purpose. You are created from the plan of God. He says, listen, I want you to do this, but you've lost your, you've lost your, 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 your zest of being salt. Uh, have salt in yourself. Have peace with one another. <clears throat> I tell you what, I love it over in, um, in, in Colossians 4, 6. He says, let your speech always be seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Let your grace be seasoned with salt. Uh, let your grace, let your speech be seasoned with salt. That is pretty powerful. Do you realize how transforming that could be to any relationship that you have? Like, like just go out there and be seasoned with salt. So salt is good. And, and I want you to think about this because our, our, uh, our young people here, they went out yesterday, Saturday afternoon. A bunch of our kids from the church went out. I want to show you this picture here. They went out, and they're trying to be salt in people's life. They went out, and they said, we are going to have a, have a good impact on people's lives. So, so they went out yesterday. They, they, they're saying, we are thankful. God loves you. And then they go over here, and this is Diane and Lou Mussey. They went out to many people's homes. This is just one of the pictures that we've got from them. But uh, they went to many people's homes. Diane served here on staff for many, many years as our secretary. And, and now they're dealing with the effects of aging. 
Her husband Lou is aging, and uh, and she's she's just going through the trials of life up and down. And so what we did with our kids yesterday, we went around to Diane and to many other people, and they were teaching the kids how to be salt. They were teaching them, hey, listen, let's go out, and let's not just talk the talk. It's easy to talk the talk, folks. I know a lot of Christians who talk the talk, but when it, when it comes time to do, they're nowhere to be found. It's like they know theology really good. They know how to say it, but when it comes to doing it, they're like, oh, well, that would be an inconvenience. Uh, and listen, this isn't about being inconvenienced. These people, God's called us to be salt, and he says, you are the salt. Go out and, and do this, be this in this world. If the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? So with our kids, man, I'm thankful for our kids. Can we thank God for our kids this morning? Man, we, we love this. This is awesome. Uh, these kids are going out, and they're getting, they're getting to see a taste of, of what this is all about. But I want you to catch this, too, about salt, that salt preserves. We are preservative. And when you think about that, uh, I, I never understood really how salt could preserve until I went to the jungle of Ecuador. And I'm in the jungle of Ecuador, and, uh, and you know, we, we went in on our grass plane, a grass plane, grass runway, the plane landed <laughs> Grass plane would be kind of cool, wouldn't that? I'd, I'd really have a story there, right? So we flew in, landed on the grass runway, and, and we stayed in the hut for a couple of days. And I'll never forget, they went over and they said, Hey, Pastor, you want some food? I was like, Yeah, I see the meat. And they showed me it hanging up. I'm like, No. I said, Where's the refrigerator? You're in the jungle, brother. No electricity. We have no refrigerator. Oh, how you keep the meat? Oh, we put salt on it, brother. It's no problem. Yeah, it's a big problem, okay? I, I, my idea of meat is going to be from George Sheplick's freezer, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm not, now I realize they use salt there too, but man, they were just using salt. And he, and he even said, he goes, well, no problem, brother. If worm comes out, we just cook it. No problem. I was like, I'll pass. Uh, uh, give me a fruit or vegetable, right? I'll eat something like that. But uh, salt preserves. And when Jesus said that you're the salt, with that also came the idea of understanding that something is decaying. The world that we live in is decaying, and God has left you, he's left me to be the salt of this world. We are not here for ourselves. Did you catch that? The blessed life is not about you gaining all this blessing. It's about you blessing this world. And so he says, you are salt. You go out there and, and, and not only uh, do you have these properties of purity and seasoning, but you're also preserving. I want you to think about how bad the world would be if you were not here. If you and I were not here. How bad the world would be. Listen, our world would be horrible. It's already decaying. It's decaying at a rapid rate. But God has left you to be the salt of the world. So we, through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives in each person who's trusted Jesus as their Savior. If you have become a follower of Christ, the day that you did that, according to God's Word, the Holy Spirit stepped into your life. He's with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. And so you go out and you are salt in this world. We are preservative. So, in other words, we are slowing the decay of this world down. There's an event that's going to happen, and the next big event in prophecy is known as the rapture. 
and God will come and all the, all the believers, the followers of God, will be taken out of the world and in the twinkling of an eye, the Scripture says. So in just a moment's notice, we will be gone. And I'm looking forward to that. One day we will be in His presence. And you hear a lot of people talking about it since COVID. But I want you to know that that promise has been there. And it's been in the Bible. It's been there. And it's not COVID. It's not all these things that make me think about it. It's just the older you get, the more you think about what's really happening. Okay, And so as we come on this, the next big event is that rapture. And what will happen is the believers will be taken up out of this earth to be with God, will be for him, with Him forevermore, and there will be a seven-year period. And the first seven years will be, uh, the first three and a half years will be relatively peaceful. The last three and a half, the Scripture says, will be what is known as the abomination of desolation. And what it will be, it will be the world without the salt. It will be no preservative. The decay will happen rapidly. The Holy Spirit right now indwells me. So whenever you go into a room, you are the salt and the Holy Spirit goes with you. You go into work tomorrow, the Holy Spirit is there with you. You go to your family gathering, the Holy Spirit is there with you. You are the salt. You are slowing that decay. Now, we know how bad this world is, right? Imagine taking us out of it. There's nothing to slow the decay anymore. And so God says that you are here, you're the salt, you're slowing the decay. You are a preservative to this world. I like what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. Dietrich said this. He said, when Jesus calls his disciples the salt instead of himself, and I think that's powerful to, remind our, to, to be remembered of today, is that he didn't call himself salt. He said, you're the salt. I'm the salt. When he calls his disciples salt instead of himself, this transfers the efficacy on earth to them. So in other words, this is going to you. You are the salt. He brings them into his work. God says, I've called you now. You're part of the work that I'm doing. This isn't just, okay, I'm going to the cross. We can't do that. But we are the salt. And we can go out and we can be the salt in the world here. He continues on, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. He moves from salt. Now he says, you, read it with me. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. Um, when you think about this, he says here that you are like a city. And he was probably referring to Jerusalem. The city set on a hill. You could see it for miles. And that light, and so when that light would come on, you could see it for miles around. And I remember up here uh, in the church parking lot, back in the day, we only had one pole out there with light. And it was rather dim, if you recall, okay? It was that old yellow cast type of light. Then all of a sudden, Jim Watts got excited. We were going to redo the parking lot. And when we redid the parking lot, Jim said, we're going to put lights everywhere. And he got excited. If you know Jim, he gets excited about LED lights. And you go and, like, make an appointment with him. You'll get an education, okay? It'll, like, you need half a day to get it, okay? But he will tell you everything about LED lights, okay? And he loves the LED light. So we got all this light out there. I'll never forget the first day that they're lit. I was coming from Bethel Park, coming down 88, around Tracks Farm there, and the leaves were all off, and I could see this lit up, man. It was unbelievable. And I thought, what's going on at the church who let them drill for gas over there, okay? It was like the, those towers for gas rigging. And, and so here, here was just the church, and Jim was so happy. We've got lights. The, we're on this little hill in little town of Finleyville, right? And this light is shining bright. You can see it for miles to come. 
That's what you are. God says you are like that city. It's hidden on a hill. It can't, uh, uh, on a hill. You cannot hide it. Like, like there, there, there's, there's nothing. There's not a border to our light. Like, like we don't say, hey, we're only lighting up here. Now, it's true. The, the light only goes so far. But God said that you are the light. So we're all that light out there. We're like the city on a hill. You can see it from miles around. Daniel 12.3 says that those who are wise will shine like the stars in heaven. Those who lead many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever. I want to challenge you with your life. What is most important in your life? I want you to have the light and to leave the legacy of light. You are compelled by many things. I am compelled by many things. But there's one thing that will make a difference when I die. How much light did I shine? There, there, there's things that I want to do. I have bucket lists. You have bucket lists. There's things that we care, that, you know, just joys of this world. And I think that those are all fine and dandy. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing that will outlive you like your light. Yesterday, I was, uh, I was with the Slagle family. And I want you to pray for Mark Slagle. His mother passed away this week. So I was able to spend some time with the Slagle family and. uh, and, and, and at their funeral for their mother, for Mark's mother, Myrna Slagle. She was 83 years old. And person after person got up and talked about light. They talked about her legacy. And all they kept talking was how the light was turned on, like how the, Jesus turned, the light of Jesus was turned on because of one lady. And, I mean, they've got a rather large family. There's a lot of them. And, and so there were so many people that spoke at this funeral. There must have been... Ten or twelve people got up and said, gave their, their heart and their soul, and they said, listen, that lady right there, she told me about Jesus. She turned the lights on in our family. She was the stable guide in our family. The light was always on because of that lady. And, folks, I want you to know that long after that lady is gone, Myrna, they will remember her light. They will not remember, oh, they had a family farm, but that's gone. They won't remember bank accounts. They won't remember careers. They remember how much she loved them. They remember the light. And the thing that was sounding the loudest was the light of Jesus. And I want to encourage you in your life to go out and to be the light because God says here that you are the light of the world. Now, here's the problem with light. Um, the, the, so salt was kind of like for the Jewish people. They, they, could, they could be salt right there, but light was going to be the entire globe. And so we go out and we are to light not just people who come into this building, but we are to light people that are in our community, people that are in your job, people that don't want light. When the light comes in, it dispels the darkness. So we are the light. So wherever I go, I am the light. I know you said I always had a glow about me, right? You know? uh, th- th- we are the light. And look what Jesus continues on. He says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. Uh, Listen, when you think about this, light was not easy to come by. Salt was valuable, so that's already different than how we live. Light, they didn't just go and flip on a switch. You you remember when we lost power here for a a few days? People lost their minds. Oh, no, I have no power. It's dark. Get out your flashlight, right? And so we pull this thing out. Oh, that, that LED works good over there, right? So, so I want you to catch this because 
Because in our world, this is light for us. Yeah, I got, I got this. But in that world, let me show you, it was not this little switch. It was like this. If you wanted light, in the city that was set on a hill, if they wanted light, this is how it worked. You had terracotta lamps, and you would fill it with oil, and then you would go and you would make sure the wick, you had to make sure the wick was proper length. Like they'd have to keep trimming wicks and all this stuff, and they would light this. And so as they lit it, they said, listen, you don't understand what goes into making light. Nobody takes light and hides it. I want to encourage you to go out and be the light and don't let it be hidden. Oh, man, do you remember that little song we sang? This little light of mine. Sing with me. I'm going to let it shine. This little... Get your lights out. Come on. I'm going to let it shine. Come on. This little light of mine. Get on your phone. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Now, my favorite part about that song was the second verse. It goes, don't hide it under a bushel. No. Okay. I mean, I didn't even sing the song. All I did was yell, no. Right. Why? Because God said, don't hide it. And I was like. Man, they, they, like they would teach me the Bible by this stuff. I didn't know it. I thought it was just this little light of mine. It's God's word. Like don't hide under. Like don't. Nobody takes light and hides it. And so you know what we do? We go out into the community, and God has called us to be light. And and we are so opt. Uh, it's so easy for us to to hide our light. Let me tell you the light. Let me tell you the influence that you are. He had just drawn the picture for you here. Let me review it. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Do You see, he says, look, I have given you how to have influence. Now go out and bless the world. Go out and influence the world. You know, this week I was, uh, I was given an opportunity to be light, to be salt and light. I had multiple instances where I was called to be salt and light. And I realized that I am salt and light. So it's not something I do. It's something I make sure I don't hide. You see, when that little light of mine, I come and, and this light has been burning brightly. God put a whole lot of work to get this light going in my life. He died. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He was brutally beaten that my light could be shining. And my light's been burning brightly. But every now and then I like to hide it. So I was out and about this week in many different places, actually. And I'll share with you two, two instances. One, I was in an instance with, uh, there was two people. They don't attend the church here. And, uh, and, I, and I saw that it was ugly. And, uh, and, and I love both these people. I, I, I really do. And, and I said, well, this is what God's called me to do. And I, I've been thinking about, oh, man, all these 
Like this is blessed are they, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the persecuted. And what I wanted to do, I just wanted to hide my light and leave. I didn't want to get involved. And what I did was I, I, I just sat down I, and I had a peacemaking discussion. And I just said, you know, it's okay. And we had this great discussion, and I, and I followed up with the other party. And, and I don't know what will happen for them, but I'll tell you this. That's what God's called us to be, is to be light. And so the fact that I was here, like God placed me here. These people were here. God said, the city on the hill, you cannot stop the light. God strategically placed you at your work this week. He strategically placed you at your family gathering to illuminate the room. There are people in your family that need God, and maybe it, it, there's some, some painful conversations at times, but they, they need God. And so here you come. You're in, into the darkness, and you are to, you're to light that up because you're the light. What we do is we hide it. Oh, maybe I'll just get through this whole evening and nobody will ask. Nobody will talk about it. This subject won't come up. I was... Uh, I was at a gas station, and I walked into the gas station, and this fella come over. Uh, you, know, you know, everybody's wearing masks and all this stuff. And, and of course, the, the outbreak is high. And I was, in a, I was over in Ohio, actually. I know you're not allowed to go there right now, but I was over there, right? So I was in Ohio, and, uh, and I was at this gas station. And this, this fella, it was, yeah, I was the last one in line. And I was kind of irritated, you know, when the, when the line's long. Don't you get irritated? Um, not because I'm a light, but because I'm a Christian who's upset all the time, right? No. I, but I, I'm standing in line, and I'm the last one in line, and then the guy starts to talk. And I said, how are you doing tonight? And I got the mask on, and he didn't. He goes, oh, I'm hurting really bad. And he goes, my mouth is hurting. I'm like, you have a fever? <laughs> he goes, no, I don't have that. But he said, my mouth just started hurting. And, and, and I get off at midnight, and I'm going to have to go to the doctor. And so, I, you know, he rung, rung it up, and I, I started leaving. I go, hey, I'm going to pray for you tonight. Is that all right? And he gave me his name, and I said, I'll make sure to pray for you. He goes, oh, that'd be great. And then I'm, I'm getting ready to walk out. And I turn around, and I'm like, would it be all right if I prayed for you right now? And the guy came out, and I thought he was going to hug me. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's still COVID. Still COVID season, all right? That's the good part about COVID season. You don't ever have to touch me again, right? So, so it's like uh, he come out, and I, and I stood there. And I prayed for him. I said, Lord, would you be with him? And I said, now listen, um, do you have a church that you go to? And we had a nice discussion about God. And I didn't preach. I was just a light. And, and that was it. And, and I got in my car, and I pulled out of Speedway, and everything is good. And you know what? I'm praying that he will come to Christ. You see, because I'm the light. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to do this. I got the light on, and I wanted to go. Get me out of here. It, it's late. I don't want to really talk to anybody. No, no, no. God says, you're the light. It is you. So here's what happens. When, when you do this, that is not a natural Christian. That is not a natural Christian. Um, he continues on here. He says, so let your light shine before men, verse 16, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Folks, good works don't get the attention of God. They get the attention of man. And God says here, he says, let your good works shine so that they will not see you. 
Because in a few verses, Jesus comes down heavy on, on just being an outward and doing it all for man's, appra- man's appraisal. He says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. You know that guy on that, in that uh, speedway, he doesn't even know my name. But I turned the light on in his life. And, um, and he's probably looking at my Father in heaven right now and saying, God, I want a little bit more of that light that I saw at 10 o'clock at night at Speedway. God, I, 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 want, I want that. And so I want to encourage you to be that. Because he says when they see your good works, when you sit down and you say a kind word to somebody, whenever you go out, like our kids went out and they're, and they're saying hi to the people that are shut into our church that can't get out, and, and many of them have been not seeing anybody. Yesterday I heard that these families that they went to, every family was in tears. Many of these people haven't seen too many people, let alone a young person, for months. Probably about nine months because of COVID. I, 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 want, I want to encourage you. You are the salt. You are the light. So, you know what? Let's not settle. Don't settle to be just a Christian. Don't settle to be just a Christian. You know, I, I know that Jesus died for me, and I'm going to heaven, and I believe everything right. That's what a Christian is. Be salt and light. Don't stop there. God says you are salt and light. So let's go out and let's not hide our light. Let's not become salt that they say, let's get rid of that. It's old. It's stale. All he does is preach. God's not, God doesn't want you to preach. Oh, yeah, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Yeah, that's part of our message. But he says right here, he says, go out and let your good works glorify not you, but your Father in heaven. That you don't get the credit. They may not even know your name. You ever gone and met somebody's need without them even knowing it was you? Did you ever do it without, without the Facebook post? It's amazing how much we Facebook post things that are normal as if they are abnormal. Somebody once said this, that the, that the average Christian today lives such an abnormal, abnormal Christian life that whenever they live a normal Christian life, we think it's abnormal. In other words, wow, look, look what he did. He said hi to the guy at the gas station. That's normal for a Christian. What's abnormal is this. That's abnormal. Salt works even when you can't see it working, folks. I want you to know that. When you put salt on that meat, you cannot see it working. It preserves even when you can't see it working, you put that salt on there. It seasons even when you can't see it working. Light always shows the way. When you walk into the room, you are the light of the world. It always shows the way, even when you're not thinking about it. First Peter 2.12 is powerful. Peter encourages us. He says, live such good lives among the pagans, among those that don't know God, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good works and glorify God on the day He returns. They want to see you, even though they're going to accuse you of doing wrong. And so I want to give you this thought today. The last thought on your notes is this. No one is perfect. No one is perfect, folks, but we are called to remain faithful. You know, a light's got to be lit when you turn that light on. This isn't about a Christmas event. This is about your calling in life. You are the light. Um, He's called you to remain salt. And you know what happens sometimes in my life? 
I lose it, right? Sometimes I have a temper and my temper goes off. Sometimes, heaven forbid, I have to go back and apologize. Do you know that's what real salt and real light does? The world never apologizes. The people of God, their light shines when they come back and apologize. Man, I shouldn't have said that to you. I apologize. That is God. That is God. And so no one is perfect. God's called you to remain faithful. I want to close today by asking you, will you take your light and let it shine? Oh, no, not will your stuff tracks in your neighbor's mailbox. That's easy. Will you be salt and preserve? Will you be the value that they need? Will you be that light? Remove the bushel today. Let's go. Because God in you says this is who you are. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you're doing. God, I thank you that you are the light of the world and that you've called us to be the light of the world. Lord, you've called us to be salt, that we are pre- we're the preservative. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and, and the world is decaying, but at a slower rate because we are here. One day we will watch that world decay rapidly, even more so when we are gone. Uh, God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your kindness, for your patience. And, Lord, I pray today, Lord, as, as we uh, go about your business, Lord, being salt and light to this world, empower each person here, Lord. Make them peacemakers. Make them humble. Make us humble. Make us peacemakers. Make us people who give. Lord, allow us, raise up among from this room, from those watching online, from those here, raise up a movement of good works that people will know that our Father in heaven is doing something. May they never remember my name. May they never remember our name. Lord, we're not doing things to to get your attention. We're doing things to get their attention to you. God, do your work. Move in a mighty way. In your way, in your name we pray. Amen. All right, folks. Aren't you glad to be here today? Let's thank God. What a great God we serve. Amen. Go out and uh, be the salt and be the light. God bless you. Have a great day. It's free and in control. Your hand leaves its evidence all on this earth. As I lay here and ponder on all creation, you made it all. I'm just dreaming in this empty room, but my thoughts are gone, cause I'm in Slower than undeserving.
No 